0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Anderson. I hope that you are all doing well. And let's go ahead and get into this NFL edition of The Blitz. But before we talk about that, I do just briefly want to go ahead and say that moving forward, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, uh, Sam and I will be splitting up the college and the NFL podcast uh, main reasoning behind this is that we are just really busy right now. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm still in school, and on top of that, I actually just got an internship with the uh, Green Bay Gamblers, a local hockey team in my town, uh, doing some media stuff with them. So if you're in the area, if you're at some games, uh, let me know. Come by and say hi, whatever the case may be. Uh, but anyway, we are really just really busy right now. It's been hard to find time to record, to find good spots in our schedules to be able to do it. So going forward this way, uh, I'm a little better with the NFL stuff. Sam's a little better with the college stuff. So we figured that going forward, this is the best way to do it, at least until our schedules clear up a little bit more. So uh, I am going to miss doing it with him. Uh, We've obviously had a lot of fun together. Uh, we're, We're not like separating or anything like that, but... Uh, It it is unfortunate that we're not able to continue to do it together, so uh, with all that out of the way, with that housekeeping, let's go ahead and get into today's show, man. Uh, It's going to be a packed one. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that happened recently uh, in the landscape of the NFL, and let's go ahead and lead right into it with what has easily been the biggest story of the entire week, the Urban Meyer situation. So... If you've somehow missed the story, basically after the Thursday night game in which the Jaguars lost to the Bengals in Ohio, Urban Meyer decided to go out to his bar. I think it was his bar, at least, that he owns. And while he was there, he was getting, let's just say, a little too comfortable with one of the girls there. And someone happened to record it and it got put out and released, and it spread like a freaking wildfire. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and read this thread uh, that um, Michael Silver of Sports Illustrated put out, uh, I think it's two days ago now, uh, he started this great thread. Uh, so let's go ahead and read this together. This is kind of the aftermath of the situation. The Urban Meyer situation in Jacksonville has reached a crisis point, especially in the locker room. One player told me he has zero credibility in that stadium. He had very little to begin with. Players were particularly put off by the fact that Meyer canceled Monday's team meeting as he dealt with the uproar over the videos of him and a young woman getting cozy in that Ohio bar. He even canceled the team meeting. He was too scared, a player said. Instead, Meyer only apologized to position groups individually. He portrayed the women in the videos as a random person who was just there dancing. Suffice to say, his audience was highly skeptical. Said one player, we looked at him like, WTF? Right when he left, everyone started dying laughing, and he knew it. Bottom line, said the player, it's bad. I don't know how he's gonna function. Oh my goodness. Okay. So first things first, I want to say that, obviously, Urban Meyer has always had a bit of a controversial aura around him. He Even since his Florida days, uh, there were always reports of shady stuff going on at the facilities. Looking back, Aaron Hernandez was kind of a shady character there. Uh, even Ohio State, he had his issues. Hell, even with the Jags, he had already had his issues before, Uh, hiring that strength coach from Iowa who had accusations of racism and all that stuff going on. So this isn't new for Urban Meyer, all the controversy, right? He has had this follow him basically his entire career. Uh, But this one, this might be the worst of it all. So first off, I just want to say any semblance of respect I had for Urban Meyer has just gone through the drain now. Uh, I hate especially now looking at it he was always preaching about this hokey gospel crap and about god and believing in god and to completely betray that by cheating on your wife which is literally in the ten commandments of committing adultery and all that type of stuff um, i guess if urban was more of a christian man or a god-spoken man he would realize that's a no-no in the catholic church or whatever christian denomination he belongs to Basically, any church tells you, don't cheat on your wife. And uh, he kind of did that over the weekend. Now, that's not even the worst part of it. The worst part of this entire situation is the optics of it surrounding the players. So let's think about this. Urban Meyer stayed back in Ohio. He told his players, all right, you guys can go home, go back to Jacksonville, whatever the case may be. I'm going to stay in Ohio here. And basically catch up with some buddies. So after a loss, uh, not only a loss, a heartbreaking loss to the Bengals where there were clear mistakes made in that game by both teams, a game where you can really learn a lot, take a lot of stuff in. Uh, Most coaches I've heard, or there were some guys who would give the players the weekend off, But most coaches, from what I've heard from players talking about this situation, other coaches talking about this situation, would get back on that plane with their team, be flying back home to Jacksonville or wherever they may be uh, to be with their team to diagnose the problems from the game, uh, especially after a loss and especially after you're now 0-4. So not only that is bad, but just the way that Urban Meyer handled the situation The way that he canceled Monday's team meeting, the way that he only apologized to position groups individually, he couldn't barely stare them in the eyes, from what it sounds like, super sheepish about it. Uh, He couldn't even apologize correctly with proper dignity, respect to his guys, to his players. Uh, I I mean, like in the thread, like he said, zero credibility in the stadium when he already had little to begin with. There were already guys who didn't respect Urban Meyer, didn't like Urban Meyer in that stadium. And now he's completely lost the locker room. I mean, this is insane. I don't think we've ever seen a coaching hire where the players lose faith in their coach more than with Urban Meyer. So I just want to say this. If you expect Urban Meyer to up and leave for USC after this situation, forget about it. Everyone's saying he's going to tuck his tail between his legs and run off to SoCal and become USC's new head coach. I'm going to tell you right now, that is not happening. There is no way that after this situation and the optics of it, that Urban Meyer will ever get a coaching job again after this Jacksonville Jaguars gig. I mean, think about it. How can you realistically, as a guy who is supposed to be at the college level, raising these 20-something-year-old kids right? Uh, To groom them into better men, better leaders. That's what Urban's always preaching, right? How are you going to do that with the video that's surfaced now, which shows that you are partially a piece of garbage human being, your moral compass is clearly off uh, in some ways, and you've just had controversy follow you before. No kid going to Matter Day or wherever it may be. Do you think Bryce Young, after seeing this type of video, if he was still at Matter Day, let's say, Here's this video, and Urban Meyer is the coach at USC. And Urban Meyer is giving him this whole spiel about how we're going to groom you into a leader, and then after that we're going to get you to the NFL. How can you not just look at that guy and say, dude, you are so full of crap? I, seriously, this this situation is absolutely insane to me. I think you got to fire Urban Meyer after this. There's really no way you can come back from this. He's already lost the locker room. His team isn't doing very good to begin with. They're already 0-4. There's not much salvaging Urban Meyer in this situation. My best thing that can, the Jags can do is come out of this situation with a new head coach next year. And luckily for them, there's some guys on the market. You've got Joe Brady who's going to be on the market next year, although I personally think he's going to be going to the Bengals if they're looking for a new head coach uh, Eric Biennemi doesn't have a job. Brian Dable doesn't have a job. Both of those guys are excellent candidates. So there's definitely options for the Jags going forward. But I can assure you, Jags, please listen to me. Con family, please. I know you're not listening to this, but do the right thing. Get rid of Urban Meyer. Not only for the optics of your organization, but your team as a whole. They've lost faith in him. They do not believe in Urban Meyer anymore. You cannot have that guy... Leading this team going forward. All right. There's my big spiel on Urban Meyer. Let's go ahead and get into some, I guess, lighter topics is what you would call them. After, I don't even know what that whole situation, man. All right. I'm over it. Uh, Let's go ahead and talk some players who were recently released. So let's talk about first Stephon Gilmore, formerly cornerback of the New England Patriots. Reports came out yesterday that he was getting released, uh, big stunners. Everyone thought maybe he was going to the Packers. Uh, there were talks about him going to the Bucks. I saw it was a really popular one. But it turns out he gets traded to the Carolina Panthers. Um, so in this trade, the Pats traded Stephon Gilmore, and the Panthers give up a 2023 sixth-round pick. So what this move does... For the Pats, first off, on their side of things, I heard that they couldn't agree on a contract moving forward. And I guess it makes sense if you're the Patriots that, hey, we can't agree with the deal on this guy moving forward. We're just going to get at least something for him, right? Uh, They also free up just under $6 million in cap space, so they want to assign some veteran free agents out there on the market, I don't know who is still available But if they wanted to sign a guy, maybe they could look at that as an option. But the real winner in this situation, even if they don't sign him to a long-term deal, is the Carolina Panthers. So J.C. Horn goes down. I think it was a torn, something in his foot, broken foot, something like that. Basically out for the year. They went ahead and decided, hey, we still want to compete for this division. We want to go ahead. We think we're ready to compete right now maybe next year so let's get some more guys to shore up that corner spot well our number one pick jc horn is out for the year so they go ahead and get what i still think is one of the best corners in football Uh, he's not quite on the jair alexander jalen ramsey level although to be fair nobody really is on those two guys level right now but he is still a great corner and uh, especially with jc horn out trading for cj henderson This corner room is looking very nice for the Carolina Panthers going forward. And to me, it just really cements them as wanting to do this thing, to really compete for a division and really push forward. I love this move from the Panthers. You know, you might as well. Might as well take a shot on a guy like this, right? Uh, So I absolutely love the move for the Panthers. (laughs) For the Pats, I get it, right? They didn't want to re-up his contract. But at the same time, you could only get a sixth-round pick for him. I find that highly unlikely. I understand he's getting older as a corner. He has slowed down a little bit. Uh, you could argue at one point in time he was maybe the best corner in football. Uh, but at the same time, I think he's worth well more than a sixth-round pick, even if he is older, on an expiring contract coming off an injury. Uh, I think that's just the level of players to find Gilmore is. I I do think the Pats are going to regret this going forward, uh, at least not getting a better pick uh, for Stephon Gilmore. So then let's move on to the next player who actually just got signed yesterday as well, and that was the Cowboys, maybe even a more surprising release, uh, Jalen Smith. Uh, If you'll remember, he was this big story. He was the second-round pick back in, I think, 2016, 2017 out of Notre Dame. He had torn his ACL. Uh, and basically played his way into a big contract and now it seems that Dallas has completely not given up on him but they're done with him so he leaves behind 7.2 million dollars of dead money this year 6.8 million dollars next year Uh, so the Packers then decided they're going to sign him to a one-year deal which the Cowboys as I said before will be paying most of so on Dallas's side I get it. They have Micah Parsons, who has been really great for them this year. Leighton vanderesh has sort of gotten back to his old self. Uh, even Keanu Neal is coming off of, I think, the COVID list or the IR, something along those lines. So I understand they ha- they have guys at this linebacker spot, but you still owe this guy a lot of money. And I think it's a mistake to at least not to wait a year in order to release him because I mean Micah Parsons he's been playing well for sure but he is a rookie and injuries do happen and you've already paid this guy a ton of money so I don't know why you wouldn't just keep him on the roster if you're Dallas Uh, I understand that he is definitely not as good now as he was when he got that massive extension but it is puzzling for Dallas for sure now for Green Bay this is really good for them Uh, He's going to fit right in either on the edge or probably more likely uh, on that inside linebacker spot, which is where he's more comfortable. Uh, He'll probably be alongside Devondre Campbell, who has been a big surprise in a good way for the Packers this year. And he'll probably end up either replacing Chris Barnes or at the very least, I would say, I would say the floor for Jalen Smith here in Green Bay is being a rotational guy uh, in this linebacker group. So I think this move really just does... Shore up this defense for the Packers in what I think is their worst position spot at interior linebacker, so I think all in all, especially basically getting him for nothing, uh, it's going to be a good move for them going forward, especially this year, obviously trying to compete for a Super Bowl uh, and I think the Packers need to just do more moves like this, you know, maybe they should have called up New England and said, "You know how much are you looking to get for Stefan Gilmore? Now I understand cap issues. Green Bay doesn't have that much to play with, but I would like to see more moves like this from Green Bay. Guys either getting cut, about to get released, maybe trade a sixth-round pick for them. Uh, I think if the Packers can do more stuff like that and continue to draft decently, like they kind of have, uh, then I think that they'll be set for the future, depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, obviously. Uh, So those are my thoughts as to the Jalen Smith situation. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about in terms of storylines is Justin Fields being named as the starter for Chicago going forward. Thank you so much, Matt Nagy, for finally getting off of your high horse. If you'll remember it constantly throughout the entirety, basically, of uh, the season, Matt Nagy has consistently said, Andy Dalton's our guy. Andy Dalton is the starter. Doesn't matter. Andy Dalton's our guy going forward. He's hurt. Doesn't matter. Andy Dalton's our guy. I think Ryan Pace, the front office, really put pressure on Matt Nagy here to really uh, give Justin Fields the reins. They said, look, Andy Dalton, we understand that you signed him and you gave him this promise right? that he was going to be the starter going forward and all this stuff, but at a certain point, you have to evaluate what Andy Dalton can do for you and what Justin Fields can do for you. And while Justin Fields isn't as good as Andy Dalton is right now, he's certainly showing some flashes. He had a beautiful throw, too, down the right sideline. I I think it was either to Darnell Mooney or Allen Robinson. I can't remember exactly. Uh, Just a beautiful ball that I don't think Andy Dalton could have made that throw if I'm being 100% honest. So Justin Fields will give you opportunities that you didn't once have with Andy Dalton, specifically in the run game. Uh, Justin Fields is an excellent runner. Uh, I think if he's utilized correctly, he can really have a Deshaun Watson-type game where he is uh, really good at passing the ball and really excels at running it as well and being able to scramble and extend plays uh, like quarterbacks really can't. So I think moving forward, this is the correct move. Uh, I, I really do like Justin Fields and his outlook, as long as Matt Nagy can get up, out of his own way. Uh, after the season, I'm honestly not sure if we're going to see Matt Nagy as the head coach for the Bears, and I don't even think he should be because to this point, the way that he's used Justin Fields and Andy Dalton, I don't think he's really earned that coaching job after next year. But We'll see what happens with this. I'm just happy Justin Fields is finally getting his chance to start and knowing that he has the job going forward. I just hope he doesn't get ruined by the Bears in this offensive line. So I'm still excited for him. I'm happy for Justin Fields. Uh, so those are my thoughts on the Chicago Bears naming Justin Fields as their starter. Now let's get into some of the best teams from this weekend. I'm going to give you my three best teams and my three worst teams from this past week. The best team from the weekend by far was the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, man. To be able to go into SoFi Stadium with the Rams and be able to beat them convincingly by 17 points in the fashion that they did. Last year, Arizona loses that game, and they lose it bad. This year, they are the complete opposite. They are dynamic on offense. Kyler Murray is the MVP through four games this season. He has been absolutely incredible. Uh, You couldn't ask for much more from him. Uh, Overall, the Cardinals are really looking like one of the best teams in the NFL, especially after playing against a Rams team, who is also, I think, in that top five echelon of NFL teams. My next team is the Los Angeles Chargers. They showed a lot of grit in that game, and I really just do love, as the days go on, I was very critical of the Brandon Staley hire at first, but the more I hear from this guy, the more I listen to this dude talk, uh, the way that his defense plays, they're absolutely incredible, Uh, and I just love everything about Brandon Staley, his work ethic, the way he talks about his players, his other guys, the way he constantly lifts other people up, I just love everything about him. He really does seem like a down-to-earth guy, who also gets the offensive side of the ball. You know, that was one of my concerns going into this thing with Staley. Is you have a young quarterback and Justin Herbert, you want to create a stable offensive presence and system and terminology with him there. However, I think Brandon Staley understands offense enough to be able to work with Justin on some things. Obviously, he's not going to replace what Joe Lombardi is doing for him. But I think there is a level to it where Brandon Staley does understand offense more than most D coordinators do. So I'm just in love with Brandon Staley at this point. I really have done basically a complete 180 on my thoughts going into the year with him. And I'm just really excited to watch the Chargers going forward. If they're on TV and the Packers aren't playing, uh, you can bet that I'm going to get a chance to watch them. I'm going to try. Because this team is great. They're fun to watch. And then lastly, the Bills. The Bills have kind of gotten off to a weird start this year. Uh, Especially that week one loss against the Steelers. Really don't know how that happened looking back on it. But now they seem to be firing on all cylinders. Put up 40 against the Texans. Who really just... (laughs) At this point in the year, I feel bad for the Texans because they lost Tyrod Taylor. But... The Bills are now seemingly firing on all cylinders, playing some great football. So let's go into my three worst teams from this weekend then. And we'll start with the Texans. Now, Davis Mills had a bit of a rough game. I mean, the entire Texans did (laughs) in reality. They're just not a good football team. I think they're probably the second worst team in football right now behind the Jacksonville Jaguars. But certainly the Jags have more upside as of right now. At least until Tyrod Taylor comes back. This team is rough. Then the Pittsburgh Steelers continue their just plummet for me. Big Ben should have retired last year. I understand he's got this, you know, he's trying to run it back and prove himself to be better than he was last year. He really does look like Drew Brees did last year, but somehow even worse. Drew Brees was at least still accurate. Uh, Still poised in the pocket. All the things that made Drew Brees great. uh, There were still signs of that. Big Ben just... It really feels like he's handicapped. It feels like there's someone tugging on his shoulders uh, through every single play. It seems like he's running through quicksand. Uh, He really is just playing out of his limits right now. He is not taking what the defense is giving him. And I think he's rushing things. Um, So... We'll see what happens with the Steelers going forward. As long as Big Ben is their quarterback, though, and I said this in my preseason power rankings and team breakdowns on my personal channel, this team will not get better until Big Ben is out of Heinz Field. It's that simple. And then lastly, the Falcons. Oh, the Falcons doing Falcons things. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, You want to know their point differential this year? The Falcons are minus 50 with their point differential. That means that they've let opponents score 50 extra points on them. I mean, it it really is just terrible. Um, Just to put that into perspective, in terms of net point differential, the next closest team in the NFL is the Detroit Lions at minus 38. So if that tells you the state of this Atlanta team, I don't know what does. Like I have continued to say, they should have let Matt Ryan go, try to go get a championship somewhere else, try to get a Super Bowl. Drafted Justin Fields, who I will continue to say is from Atlanta, Georgia. Could have been very similar to Joe Burrow last year. But no, they decided to roll with him. And yeah, the Falcons are going to Falcons. That's all I'm going to say about them. So I'm going to give you, I normally do three games to watch for the weekend. I'm going to give you guys five because there really are just that many great games to watch out for. Number one, 49ers going to play the Cardinals. This is must-watch TV. You've got Kyler Murray, who, as I mentioned before, playing like the MVP right now on an absolute tear, going up against Trey Lance in what will be his first official NFL start with Jimmy G out of this game. A lot of intrigue, a lot of storyline involving how good Trey Lance looks, and if he can potentially, with the injury of Jimmy G, take his starting job as soon as this year, which is something that I wasn't even sure if it was possible. But I will say, if Trey Lance can play better than Jimmy G has to this point, the 49ers could be on their way to a Super Bowl. I mean, depending on the injuries and how that all works out, and they're a little weak at corner because of that. But this team is really good. Kyle Shanahan is the top three coach in the NFL. And I'm excited for this game. Now, I have the Birds winning by seven points in this one. But watch out for Trey Lance. That's all I'm going to say. Just watch for Trey Lance in this football game. Next one. Bill's going to play at Arrowhead, Kansas City Chiefs. I don't really need to speak about this one anymore. Than it's already going to get hyped up. They're two of the best teams in football right now. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win this one by three. I think their defense could cause them some troubles, but being at home at Arrowhead, certainly one of, if not the best, home field advantages in all of football right now. And Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill especially are just playing like two of the best players in the NFL right now. Then I think a game that's going to go under the radar a little bit, and that is the Green Bay Packers going to play at the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, Joe Burrow has been really, really good this year for the Bengals. Jamar Chase especially, I think, has really proven up to this point that he was well worth that draft pick. not saying he's better than Penny Sewell, because they've both been great to this point, but he has certainly justified the Cincinnati Bengals picking him. He has been outstanding. And Cincinnati, if you'll remember, played a Thursday night game, so they've had extra time to prepare against the Packers, uh, they've had extra rest against them, and they're also at home, so they don't have to travel to Green Bay, and you have a little bit of that home field advantage as well. So I think the Bengals are going to give the Packers some trouble. Uh, I still have the Packers winning this thing by a touchdown. However, watch out for the Bengals. They've, they're they 3-1 this year. They haven't played super amazing opponents, but that Vikings win was really impressive to me, the way they came back and played well against the Jags, especially Joe Burrow. Like I've said before, I love the man. Um, The way that they play, watch out for them. And then the Rams going to play the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, whenever Russell Wilson plays against an NFC West opponent, it's always fireworks, especially when he plays against the 49ers. Those battles are just, oh my goodness, those are just chef's kiss. Always so good to watch. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams by three in this one. Uh, They just, I think, have been the much better football team this year. But playing at Seattle in what is one of the best home field advantages in football, it's going to be a tough test, especially with Russell Wilson on the other side of the ball. And then my last one is going to be the Cleveland Browns going to play the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are really just must-see TV for me right now. Uh, Mike Williams cooled off a little bit the past two weeks, but... He's still playing really well. Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and of course the man, Justin Herbert. Uh, And as I already talked about before, Brandon Staley, I love what he's doing with this defense. They're just tenacious, nasty, ferocious. Uh, Multiple fronts really confuse him. And you've got a Browns team who has really struggled on offense up to this point, at least with the passing game. Now some reports came out that Baker Mayfield, I think it was a torn labrum, partially torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. So we'll have to see how that develops, but maybe that can explain why he's had a little bit of a slower start to the year. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers by three. I just do think that Cleveland has one of, if not the best overall rosters talent-wise in the NFL this year, and I love Kevin Stefanski as a head coach. So this is going to be a great battle between him and Brandon Staley, two of the top guys, uh, both offensively for Stefanski defensively for Staley I'd certainly say Staley is the best defensive coordinator in football right now so to see these two match up is going to be quite the treat uh, this Sunday all right guys that is all I have for you today Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening Uh, I appreciate you Uh, make sure to go follow the Blitz on Twitter at Blitz underscore FB you can follow me on my personal stuff at A 2017 on Twitter. If you want to give my personal YouTube channel, The Sports Porch, a subscription, go ahead and do that. Also, a quick note as we wrap up. This weekend, Auburn playing against Georgia. My guy, Bo Nicks, Let's keep it rolling, man. LSU, you played really well against them. Let's keep that momentum up. Show people why you're the GOAT going into this weekend. Sam, if you're listening to this, I just want to say Bonex is good. Bonex is good. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening once again, and I'll see you guys next week.